Hey, and welcome back to Lessons in Product Management. I'm your host, John Fontenot, and I just wanted to say that I'm sorry for being gone for a few weeks. Um, quite honestly, I've been heads down on a new book that I'm writing. It's all about product management and experiences that I've had around making assumptions that have bit me. And I interviewed a lot of great PMs and I'm still actively interviewing product managers and product leaders on assumptions that we've made and some of the key assumptions that great product managers avoid making. And just to tease it out a little bit, you know, we always have to make some level of assumption because we can't fully know everything. But my goal in this book is to outline the top 10 things that we should consider and that we shouldn't outright assume from the get-go because at the end of the day, it's our job as product managers to mitigate risk and maximize on uh, business opportunities related to customer problems. So with that being said, I'm not going to give the whole book away on this podcast intro, but that's what I've been working on. I'm knee deep in it and uh, I'm really excited for it to release hopefully by Q1 of 2022. So if you're listening to this after Q1 of 2022, go to Amazon, look up John Fontenot. Uh, the title of the book will be Never Assume the Top 10 Assumptions Great Product Managers Never Make. If you're listening to this before then, be on the lookout. Uh, shoot me an email at john at pathtoproduct.io if you're curious of staying updated or want to be an early reader of some of the early manuscripts to give feedback and um, and help shape the book. You know, this is, this is, I'm treating this like a product and I want feedback from um, early beta users, so to speak. So um, with that said, today I wanted to talk about more than the book. I wanted to talk about a topic that um, is pretty close to something I'm dealing with right now in my day job around constraints. And early in my product management career, I used to get so frustrated when I met constraints. And this, this could be pushback internally from other departments saying, hey, we can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. It could be technical constraints saying, hey, um, the way the architecture is set up, this isn't possible, or it would take like, you know, re-architecting this and that's not feasible. And those things are frustrating whenever we've identified the right problems to solve and we think we have a great way to solve it. And we just, we don't want, we don't want them to exist. We want them to go away. We want them to get fixed and we just want to move forward with our plans. But like in life, that's just not reality. And so I think the reason why we hate constraints so much is because we don't do a good enough job as product managers actively seeking them out before we get too far down the path. That's my honest assessment is that we, we assume, <laughs> uh, funny. Um, we assume that the happy path is going to be the reality when actual reality, the happy path very seldom plays out the way that we initially think it will. Whether that's how users use our features or whether that's how we you know, build products and take it to market. There's usually challenges. There's usually constraints. And it's in our best interest to seek those things out before they bite us in the butt or before we spend a lot of time validating a solution to a, a problem that um, we can't actually execute on because it's not feasible or there's some other constraint 
in our way. So what I want to do with the, the few minutes we have today together is just kind of talk through some of the constraints that I've seen in, uh, in my own career and just things that we should be thinking about as we, we try to build great products to solve uh, painful problems for our customers, because there's several, right? So before we get there, I just wanted to make one quick point about constraints. Okay, because I know the tendency is to want to ignore them. It's what I would rather do, but it's, it's frankly irresponsible. So constraints never go away, right? They are a fact of life. They are a reality we must deal with, but we shouldn't view them negatively either. Just like I, I think a more mature topic is feedback. And, and I, I think this is analogous to feedback in the sense that we're going to get it whether we like it or not. So we better start actively seeking it out and leveraging it to ship better products. I think constraints are the exact same because constraints aren't good or bad. They're just a fact of life. And since they're a fact of life and they don't, they don't just you know, get thrown at us because people hate product managers or want to make our lives challenging, more times than not, it's because people are trying to do their job right? Our, our engineers are trying to let us know the pitfalls of doing something a certain way and the constraints that we have technically. Our legal and compliance teams have issues that um, they're trying to keep the company out of legal trouble, which could be very costly, right? And, and there's other constraints that I think are, are less often talked about that we're going to bake through in just a second. But, but let's touch on a couple of the topics that I mentioned. Right, because technical constraints, I think, are the most often discussed in product management circles. But they're the ones that are probably the most frustrating. Um, and, and I think the culture of the product team will dictate the level of frustration you feel regarding technical constraints. Product teams where the product manager acts like a dictator and says, I need you to build this thing. Two things happen. The development team goes and builds it, and there's very negative downstream effects from not having a frank conversation about the, the technical realities that exist if you do something a certain way, right? So I think that's a very potentially harmful and uh, it's, not, it's not a healthy relationship when, when it's a order taker mentality. And typically in product circles, we talk about not being an order taker in terms of what our customers tell us to do or what our, our stakeholders tell us to do. But, but I encourage the developers that I work with not to be order takers either. I need healthy pushback. If we're going to do something a certain way that's going to have negative impacts, I want to know, I need to know. And if there's better ways to do something than from what I've proposed, I'm not the expert in, in how to actually write the code and bring this thing to life. I'm just trying to solve a customer problem, right? And so I need my teammates, I need my team to help shape what that solution becomes based on their expertise and what they know. And I hope you feel the same. So find the technical constraints before you get too far down the road, bring someone from your engineering team, your engineering manager, your tech lead, someone into those customer discovery sessions so they have the context of the problem you're trying to solve and, and bring them to the ideation and solutioning early so they can help suss out some of those technical constraints before you and your, 
UX partner get too far down the solutioning path? Okay, I think that's often talked about a lot. So I'm, I'm probably rehashing things you might have already heard. If not, good. This is, this is probably something you should you should have heard. And I'm glad you're hearing it now. Hopefully you put it into practice. But legal and compliance, this is one that I think we try to ignore. <laughs> it's something that um, we just cross our fingers and hope nothing pops up. And really, that's that's really dangerous, not just from the like, will our product succeed in the market? But this is like, will our business succeed, right? You can do something so so damaging to your company that your company fails if it's, if it's you know, small enough or at a certain level of maturity or, or just you do something so bad and so blatant that the, the legal uh, backlash just sinks your company or sets you, sets you back. I mean, it's, <laughs> legal constraints and compliance constraints are something that if you have an inkling that the thing that you do might have compliance attached to it, whether it's communicating with customers, whether it's um, you know leveraging a, a partner channel to to go to market through that channel, or you know whatever it is, a, a lot of things we ship will have uh, will have legal considerations. <clears throat> so we, we want to find out what those things are. And uh, it's better to go have that conversation with your legal team or your compliance team if, if they're separate teams uh, early in the process, right? And, and you, you should have a pretty good sense for what those things are. But if in doubt, shoot them a Slack message, send them an email, get, in, get them on the phone, drop by their office. Um, what you don't want to do is have them come in midstream, mid-development and say, whoa, I heard this is happening. And there's some problems. And I think that's where, where things go a lot of times and why there's a lot of friction between product teams and legal departments is because, because we fail to frankly do our job right and identify the constraints early, our legal team feel, feels like a blocker to progress when in fact they should be a partner to answering the question of viability. And that brings me to the last topic is viability is something that in product circles we think of you know is there going to be roi is this profitable and we think about it from a pure number standpoint of it costs this much to develop and we expect this much of a return from the market but viability means so so much more than that and i think this is the one that we take for granted the most we have to ask ourselves what are the constraints within our business that we have to address in order for us to fully execute on the opportunity in front of us, right? We, we touched on legal and compliance and that's definitely a viability concern where if, um, if a legal body or a government entity comes knocking on our door, uh, levying massive fines on us because we did something wrong, guess whose fault that is? It's yours and it's mine, okay? But outside of the, the legal and compliance aspect, we're product managers. We shape how, not how, but we shape what problems get solved and we're responsible for the solution that goes to market, right? But we don't market that solution. We don't sell it and we don't support it. If there are blockers or constraints in the way of our marketing team, our sales organization, our support organization, or any of the, the other parts of our, our company, finance, accounting, whatever it may be, 
if there are blockers from us being able to fully execute on the opportunity in front of us because some other department can't do their job based on the way that the business is constructed today in order to support what we just did, then the whole thing falls apart. It becomes a house of cards where you move one and the rest falls down. It's our job to figure out where those blockers lie. No one's going to come to us and say, hey, because tip in a lot of organizations, the product roadmap is locked down. We don't talk to other departments because we don't want their input because we think everyone's against us in product management. And, you know, there's tons of memes and posts on LinkedIn about like being stabbed in the back and, you know, having to deal with so much stuff. But in reality, those things happen because we're not communicating enough with the rest of our organization. Like I got into product management because I loved how central it was to the organization. I can't in turn ignore how central the role is to the rest of the organization. I rely heavily on every aspect of my organization and every aspect of the organization relies heavily on the work that I do. That's just the nature of the role. If you don't want that level of responsibility, go do something else because that's what you signed up for when you got into this thing called product management. And so constraints are something that we have to deal with and we have to consider. And we can't sit around assuming someone is going to surface those to our attention. Like they even know that they should because they probably assume that we know and we're taking care of it because that's our job, right? So the, the whole point kind of bringing this thing full circle is that constraints won't go away. They are a reality. And there's probably at least one, but probably more than one constraint to just about everything you're going to ship to market. At the very least, technical constraints, probably something with legal and compliance, depending on what type of products you're working on or the scope of the products that you manage. And then viability concerns, please don't forget about those. Please make sure that you're communicating what you're doing with the rest of your departments and your organization. Because the worst thing to do is to have the perfect solution to the most impactful problem that you can solve. And you can't actually get it to market because some other department can't support it for some reason that you didn't figure out until after the product was shipped. So save yourself some heartache and some hassle. Be proactive. Don't just manage a roadmap. Treat this job like you're the owner of the business. Have a 360 view of the business and go address those constraints early and often so you can be more successful and have more impact in your role. Thanks for joining me today and uh, I look forward to seeing you next time on Lessons in Product Management.